What I would really love to see for our intro is you flipping yes, a tire in your car in your cargo shorts and MAGA hat to that song. That's what I want. Welcome back to the ESBC <laughs> Sports Betting Podcast NBA edition. I'm Sarahlyn Robinson. That's Josh Abner Viste, and that's Brianna Winner, our brilliant sports journalist. What's going on, uh, ladies? How are you guys feeling tonight? Great. Thank you. I would love to talk about the boycott um, because I, I think that was, really, uh, that was really special and really important and um, such a beautiful, peaceful way to um, protest. Uh, and the fact that the Bucks, you know, because it happened in their home state, uh, the Jacob Blake shooting, the fact that the Bucks, you know, took it on and that other teams um, followed suit and the WNBA followed suit. I just thought that was really a really beautiful show of solidarity, um, peaceful and, and nonviolence. And um, I think we all owe Colin Kaepernick an apology. Right, because everybody got that wrong. As far as it, it had nothing to do with patriotism. I thought it was very mm -hmm. patriotic. Uh, it had to do with police uh, brutality. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're making the point that for a lot of us, this started maybe uh, 2012 with Diallo in New York. He was mm -hmm. the one that uh, the police stopped and frisked in New York and they took broomsticks and they shoved it up, uh, you know what. And then from that, it went to Eric Gardner, uh, it, to Trayvon Martin, to Michael Brown, to a series of other people. They culminated in this year with Ahmaud Arbery, with Brianna Taylor. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to consult with Sarah because what I read in the New York Times through like 10 different layers on the Brianna Taylor situation. The bottom line, uh, man, I should be dead maybe 10 times for dating the wrong people, right? People are trying to crucify her because she dated a, a drug dealer. Yeah. And, but the drug dealer was alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> and LeBron James is being a big deal about Breonna Taylor, and so am I. We had a great podcast with the Reverend who's spearheading the Breonna Taylor protest, and he has a list of demands they have a link on the show notes. And we had a very interesting conversation because the Kentucky Derby is this week. Mm -hmm. And we feel that the owners of the Kentucky Derby should uh, ask for the arrest. And really, now that I've read the story, I want the arrest because what happened was the cops who jumped in, right, squad team, and I've had friends on squad team, they did their job, right, from the beginning. Somebody shot blindly into the window of Breonna Taylor's apartment, shot blindly into it, and shot her five times and killed her, right? So that's what LeBron James is upset about. Hey, I'll deal with the guy who shot blindly into the window needs to be arrested because I know you don't shoot blindly, much less into a window or another mm -hmm. human being who's innocent. 
Mm -hmm. They also, yeah, I mean, they were using their, their right of uh, no knock warrant. They were at the wrong house. They already had uh, someone in custody for the very crime that they were holding against her. I mean, the whole, it should have been open and shut. And I just, on behalf of Brianna and her family, I just am so sorry and and mortified that it's taking so long. Um, There's been one officer fired and the other two were, got paid leave and are now back on um on the force and it's just uh, such a a gross injustice right yeah, I um podcast on this and um brianna winner and i'm getting old getting dementia so you know i have brianna taylor on my mind i'll ask you guys this uh there was fourteen thousand dollars you know any conspiracy theory that i throw out i do it because i don't know and i, and I think it might be of consequence or entertaining, but the fact that there was $14,000 in the house, and I have had friends of mine who are in law enforcement or in management in law enforcement now, because I'm old, the assistant chief of police in Tampa, Bill, great friend of mine, also uh, Guzman, who's the sheriff of Seminole County, Florida. He doesn't mind saying his name. And and I won't say that these guys told me this information, but I've had law enforcement guys say, and it's in the news, that police officers love to steal from drug dealers. So the fact that Breonna Taylor's boyfriend was a drug dealer, the fact, and I'll ask uh, you ladies this question, and it'll be interesting to see your response, is the fact, that there was four, you know, and like Cuomo says, you can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own facts. So fact number one, the police knew there was $14,000 cash in the house. Fact number two, her boyfriend, and this is the theme of the podcast, we'll talk about Tim Donahue later on. The boyfriend is a snitch, right? So that's why he can do his drug activities and still be out until the heat came on recently. Two, he's a snitch. One, there's $14,000 in the house they know. Three, Brianna Taylor's on tape saying that she wanted to get away from this guy. Maybe she knew too much, but she's the only one that ends up dead. Uh, you know, I really can't speak to that. I have not heard that conspiracy theory. It sounded like a horrific accident, I guess, but also the police were, were using... Um, you know, completely unnecessary force. Right. Um, so I really can't speak to that. It, to be honest, well, it doesn't sound the, like yeah, it's New York, true. New York Times, New York Times article. And this was, that was their conjecture, was that there no, was no, some those, sort those of Those are the facts they presented. But in, in a way, it is con- conjecture because they did uh, present the facts in a timeline, right? They have mm-hmm. uh, audio and the transcripts of the cops knowing there was $14,000 in the house. Uh, Brianna Taylor said in a jailhouse recording that they, the reporters heard that she told them, hey, you're getting arrested too much. I need to get out of the situation. And she was dating two guys at the same time, right? She was dating the angel and the devil. She was telling the devil, hey, I need to get away from you while maintaining a, a relationship with a guy who had a really good job, 
treat her nice, and the whole family loved. So she had an out. However, she also knew about his drug activity and had $14,000 cash in the house. Then, guy shooting blindly through the window? Was he shooting blindly? Is he the cop who got fired? The reverend that came on our show is upset they're not identifying these people and saying, hey, this is the cop because you have to identify him because we're paying for him with our taxpayers' money. Okay, a couple of things with this. I, again, have not read this New York Times article, but this sounds like conjecture to me. It sounds like they're alleging, even if these facts are true, it sounds like they're trying to stitch together this story. It sounds like victim blaming to me. I also think that uh, if this had happened to me, there would be perhaps international outcry because I'm white and the story is getting brushed aside because she was a young black woman and not a young white woman. And that's what I find most horrific about all of this. And I also think that it sounds like, I mean, associating Brianna with the situation that her ex-boyfriend put himself in is like blaming Hillary Clinton for Bill Clinton cheating on her with Monica Lewinsky. Uh, I just, uh, yeah. Right. I don't love any of that. No, no, and uh, you and Anna, my wife, who's a psychotherapist, are in a hundred percent agreement. Uh, I'm my crazy theory is I think it's a possibility that the cops wanted to steal the fourteen thousand, mm. <laughs> the whole thing, right? Do you have any opinion on this, uh, Brianna Winter? Um, honestly, I haven't heard about that either about that story, but it does sound like victim blaming. That uh, blame mm-hmm. me, um, but. I mean, Sarah would be the same thing for me obviously be outcry and it's just to be a completely different situation mm-hmm. no and I agree and I agree and uh, I think the point even though the New York Times is usually to the left and they were bringing up because the Louisville Courier which the Reverend brought up on our podcast and Curtis the podcast is blowing up like crazy so I thank everybody who's telling their friends and neighbor about that podcast, those who haven't heard it. Uh, there's a lot of depth, and the Reverend agrees, there's a lot of depth that we brought out that's not bringing out, brought out in other outlets. But the point that we brought up in the podcast that's missing, that all of that stuff is nonsense because uh, those cops were not the judge and jury, right? And to execute the death penalty. Right, you want to give the death penalty to her. To you want to give the death penalty to Brianna Taylor for dating the wrong guy. Then that's why I say I should be shot like ten times for dating the wrong woman before I got married. So when LeBron Brandt comes up and talks about Brianna Taylor, uh, I would suggest everybody to do their research and listen to our podcast with the Robert Louisville and read that New York Times article, and even read the Louisville Courier article that uh, a lot of people are upset about for it being victim blaming. Mm-hmm. And and then again, you can check my theory, right? My theories are not always right. You can uh, question mine that the cops are trying to steal the $14,000 and they never thought in a million years this would blow up like this. They were doing their mm-hmm. usual, let me rob from drug dealers, nobody cares about them. And the last thing they expected was this to blow up in their face like the way it has. And I would say, don't leave them off the hook. (laughs) 
you got to arrest these guys, question these guys, and mm -hmm. let's find out what really was going on. Yeah. And have these guys stolen from drug dealers before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting theory. But I've seen all of LeBron's tweets about Brianna, and I love that people are um, are are repping Brianna and what a, a horrible, you know, injustice it was. Um, and Jacob Blake as well. I think you know they're using their their power as these sports stars um, to to uh, you know help politically before what's you know one of the biggest elections probably of our lives. Um, so yeah, I just think, uh, that everyone was doing, was doing a great job. I was really proud of this, this league. You know, and thank you to everybody. Anybody has questions, feel free to engage with us. Those two election podcasts are blowing up. So it's interesting that we are a sports oriented podcast. However, we're three dimensional, like Joseph Campbell would like us to be. And we do have depth and we do do our, our civic duty. We don't dwell on it, but we give you, I think, more compre comprehensive information than anywhere else because of our, the network we have built up in um, business. And before we move on to sports, let me ask uh, uh, you ladies this question, right? Because in the Brianna Taylor, in the Jacob Blake case, the same thing came up. Uh, and I blew up on a podcast with one of our other cast members about this. So it's very near and dear to my heart. What do you guys think of the thought, and I could be wrong, tell me if I'm wrong, that regardless of a person's background, right, uh, that they should be arrested, right, and judged by a jury and a judge of their peers, right, versus the police executing the death penalty. Because even if uh, Jacob Blake's alive, he's paralyzed, his life is gone, that mm -hmm. the cops in the moment should not be able to execute the death penalty itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. The death penalty issue is is a really complicated one. Um, I've heard good arguments on uh, on both sides, but um, yeah, I mean, I think the the whole concept of a jury of one's own peers that has never been the case. Um, you know, it will it will forever be. A, or has been a uh, broken and racist system um, that wants to, you know, systemically lock up uh, people of people of color and minorities. Um, so yeah, until we until we fix that, I don't think anyone can get a fair trial, and therefore probably not wise to maintain the uh, death penalty. Right. And we had uh, Lauren Johnson North, who's a prominent Jewish attorney, great friend of mine from Irvine. And, and, and on our podcast, I, I encourage people to listen to both podcasts we did on criminal justice, criminal justice reform, and the Second Amendment. She made the point of anti-Semitism is also a part of that. And do you have anything you would like to speak to that? Because that's also been an issue that goes along with the white supremacist country, Rihanna? Um, obviously, with me, personally, it's like, obviously, the anti-Semitism, we see it everywhere. Like, two few years ago, you had the Pittsburgh shooting. You've seen because right. on, great, on, like, headstones. You've seen it on Jewish-owned businesses. And it just seems like it's been, es it's definitely been escalating year by year. 
Um, actually, in regards to the other topic, people do ask for it, death by police. Right. Um, because they don't want to go to jail, but otherwise they should have a fair trial. But obviously, I agree, Sarah, it's probably not going to happen for a while. Right. No, absolutely. And uh, I'm really proud of this podcast and I'm really proud of the diversity we've had. And right now, we just completely nailed, right, why uh, Lou Williams says the thing he does. Uh, LeBron tweets what he does. And we emoted the depth of emotion of why the NBA players boycott, right? And then from a financial standpoint, from a standpoint of decision science, right? We use fundamental analysis. And what fundamental analysis says, you have to, before making an investment, right? You have to analyze the corporate governance. So this is part of the corporate governance, right? That we evaluate while we make the picks that we're gonna make tonight with the Utah Jazz and the Nuggets, which is controversial, we'll extrapolate that in. But the first one, uh, the first game tomorrow will be, uh, I'll announce that game and then we'll go to Rihanna for her Laker and Clipper report. Hmm. It'll be the Celtics and the Raptors. Very interesting game. So, Brianna, so, what's going down with the Lakers and the Clippers? But, yes, Sarah. I just wanted to hop in really quick and say that I read just before getting on uh, an article on ESPN that Matt Barnes is predicting uh, Celtics. So, do okay. with that what you will, but <laughs> former NBA player Matt Barnes is throwing it to the Celtics. Great. Um, but we do points here. So, the Raptors – oh, actually, the Raptors are favorite. Oh, okay. Hmm, okay. Interesting pick. All right. I didn't say it was my pick, just saying <laughs> that that's, that's some information and, I wanted and to share. Matt Barnes is an interesting guy. Mm hmm. Yes. So, what's going on with the Lakers and the Clippers, Brianna? So, obviously, compared to the East, the West is still in the first round. So, obviously, neither opponent has been identified yet. Obviously, hopefully, one of them will be identified today following the uh, Houston Oklahoma game. Um, but the Lakers, or LeBron, obviously paid tribute to Chadwick Boseman, who passed away this past weekend prior to the game on Saturday by doing the Wakanda Forever signal. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, they won that game and won the series 4-1. to one. In this game, they won 131-122. to 122. Anthony Davis went off. He had 43 points with nine rebounds, and LeBron James had a triple-double with uh, 36 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. And obviously, Portland was not going down without a fight. But I did say early on, if Portland was going to win the game, it was going to be that first one. Um, obviously, the third quarter, they only scored 24 points compared to over 30 for the Lakers. And that is the um, reason that, obviously, Portland lost that game by such by like nine points. It was that quarter where they slipped. Obviously, their, their opponent would be either the Houston Rockets or Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, Houston is up winning the series three to two, and they are currently winning the game 51 to 48 at halftime. So obviously we'll look out for that one. And obviously we'll know who the Lakers will be playing soon. On the Clippers end, they did beat uh, Sarah's Luka Doncic and the Mavs. <laughs> I had oh, it was a bloodbath. It was I a bloodbath. 
And the whole altercation with Marcus Morris too. I just, oh, Luca took a hit. My my poor babe. <laughs> well, obviously the Clippers. Do we have to make the introduction between yourself and Luca? I remember I've I've introduced a lot of uh, women who have asked to Aaron Rodgers. So I guess we're gonna have mm -hmm. Luca on the list for you, Sarah. I do want to point out, though, I am eight years older than Luca, so it's not a romantic thing at all. I just think he's <laughs> the most talented player in the league. If we're doing romantic um, uh, matchmaking, Kevin Love is pretty high oh, on okay. my list. So make that happen if you can. Kevin Love. He's yeah. a very, very sophisticated guy. Mm -hmm. I'm very open about uh, his anxiety mm -hmm. issues and how he went to therapy. Yeah. His anxiety issues. But yeah. the guy who, who is part of that 5% who can't change versus 95 who can't change. And obviously, Kevin Love is part of that UCLA group um, that yeah. also saw Russell Westbrook and Darren Collison, people that mm -hmm. watched uh, while they were in college at Poly. Mm -hmm. Wow. So That's it's awesome. a fun time. But uh, going on to the Clippers, obviously, they won the series 4 to 2. And they won 111 to 97 in their final game yesterday. Why had 33 points, 14 rebounds, and seven assists, while poor Luca had 38 points, nine rebounds. <laughs> he was so close to that triple double. He was so close. But obviously, you talked about Marcus Morris before, and he was ejected with a flagrant two foul. In all series, there has been something uh, between Marcus Morris and the Mavs, usually with Doncic and Porzingis. Obviously, Porzingis mm -hmm. was out the last few games due to injury and obviously they're going to go through, but will it happen again through this playoff run? Maybe, but we won't know until obviously we see it. Obviously the flagrant two foul came as he was trying to swat the ball out of Luca's hands and accidentally hit him in the face. Um, and their opponent will be decided tomorrow and their opponent would be either the Denver Nuggets or the Utah Jazz who, and game seven will be tomorrow night. That's all for my report um, up until we get to the picks. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, uh, Brianna. And something that will be interesting too for Sarah to see is uh, you talked about a flagrant two foul and it's how subtly the referees uh, control the game. Especially mm -hmm. in the NBA and especially in the playoffs. And in sports, one of the underlying tenets of the podcast is people's capacity to change, right? We kind of track it. And has the NBA been able to adjust and change from, when we'll get him uh, when we discuss the second pick, but uh, a name, like he's coming up with a podcast, but we have the book to kind of detail him. Maybe we can talk about it next week. Tim uh, Donahue in, in a little bit more detail. But that Flake and Two file, right? Uh, that's the referees subtly four to five times in a game you can watch for. And that's the value of this podcast, where you can see sports through a different lens, different than watching ESPN with the way they try to lie to you and gaslight you, the way uh, Sarah and I uh, walk you through how we're being gaslighted and lied through through the major party political conventions. Same thing with uh, sports media, right? We look at it through a different lens. Not a PR lens, nothing wrong with that, but we look at it from a lens of we predict the right team at a 70 to 80% clip, right? Historically, over a 12-year period, 
when 52.5% is break even. So that margin is like having an investment in the bank and you're making compound interest. You're exponentially growing your money, right? And the specific example I use is that my wife, Anna, has spent, not spent, invested $32,200 in gasoline just from that compound interest, that margin, right? So we're looking at the games to get that outcome, to get that specific outcome, to get that result. That's why we're so transparent. That's why you can go on the podcast of the Mighty Ten Night and listen to me make predictions four years ago. Track them. And then last year on the podcast, track uh, the predictions I made on the podcast that we wouldn't have made $140,000 in the super contest. And go to my Twitter handle, at Josue and you'll see all the picks there. You can track them. And then now we have a live spreadsheet. So we're 100% transparent. So the, why we're talking about the referees manipulating the game, right, through five calls is because if we're wrong, we lose money, right? And people who do PR for the NBA and talk about picks or what have you, um, they get paid up front. They get paid regardless of whether their pick is right or wrong. I love Matt Barnes. Martin, Matt Barnes is one of my favorite players because he isn't the most talented guy, but he's one of the smartest guys, hardworking guy. And without being that talent, he ended up being in the NBA for like 15 years, right? The famous stories of him going to strip clubs with Iverson and Iverson would give him $20,000 cash. And Matt Barnes would go to his house and leave the $20,000 at his house <laughs> <laughs> and save it and then take it to the bank the next day. <laughs> so I love Matt Barnes. But Matt Barnes, right, gets paid whether his prediction is wrong or right. We only get paid whether our predictions are correct. Mm-hmm. So that's why we talk about the referees. Another point that'll be important for you ladies to note is that the referees get paid by the league. Right. So they, their actions have to benefit the league. And the league is an $8 billion industry. So common sense will tell you that their decisions, right, have to benefit the league. In, you know, in a, in a game. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go to tomorrow's picks. What, what games do we have on tap, Sarah? So we have Celtics Raptors. I gave you my, uh, my light prediction or Matt Barnes's prediction. I'm not going to piggyback okay. off of that. Who do you have? Uh, what do you think, uh, Brianna? Um, obviously, both teams won the first, like their first round series. Like they swept them. But Boston did destroy Toronto yesterday. And I think it's going to be Toronto in game two because they're out for revenge. Like they're going to play harder. I 100% agree. And, but I'm fascinated by the two coaches, right? Fundamental analysis, the way you pick stock, it's corporate governance. Both guys are very, very intelligent guys. And on the Wednesday podcast, the 2000 coach of the year, right? Is that Toluca? Did I hear? It sure is. 
My... Barking away. I apologize. <laughs> no, I love Tabuka. He wanted to hear his voice. It's so awesome to hear his voice. <laughs> <laughs> Made my night. But uh, Brad Stevens, so 2016 Coach of the Year, Brandon Lupien, uh, always ends his podcast with Steve Fisher's quote that that you know life is better when what you do for work is what you love doing and brad stevens was a successful attorney who turned himself into a basketball coach and out of nowhere takes butler to the final four in one shot away from beating mike shesky and of course i have a beef with mike shesky because he took 20 million dollars from adam silver the NBA commissioner and they're plotting to get rid of March Madness. But that's another podcast. So Brad Stevens has a beautiful wife and three daughters. Sonny, a lot of guys with three daughters. And he made the career change from successful attorney. And you gotta love her. She she's awesome. She supported him to an assistant basketball coach at Butler. He ends up getting the head job. He ends up uh taking Butler from nowhere with very little talent. Gordon Hayward was the only player, the guy who's on uh, the Celtics now with him, uh, to the last shot in the NCAA title. He parlays that, now he's with the Boston Celtics. He's a complete brainiac, but he's matched by Nurse. And Nurse, again, hardworking guy. I love these kind of guys because they come from nowhere and built something up out of nothing, right? Uh, it's sort of like me in Pinellas Park, Florida, redneck town that I'm thinking about now. Man, I'm lucky I didn't get killed. Uh, but maybe it was because the cops came to the restaurant and I gave them all free food, right? <laughs> but I started it with $8,000 and people were like, you can't even buy a hot dog cart with $8,000. <laughs> well, for $600,000, only six years later, craziness, right? So out of nothing, you come up and you build something. That's why I'm fascinated by these guys. Nurse did the same thing. And, and Toronto's a small market team. They lost Kauai, but here they are, right? So that's why doing fundamental analysis. So part of the tenets of the podcast is teaching you financial literacy and eliminating income inequality, right? By using the same concepts that I teach clients to make business decisions, I'm teaching you the same way to pick a game, right? So you analyze the corporate gun. I analyze Nurse, what he is, what he does. So what happens to Nurse? He didn't sleep. He's a brilliant guy and for he's been sweating this game, right? The Celtics blew him out because, man, Brad Stevens came up with a miraculous game plan to blow him out. Now Nurse didn't sleep, but he's gonna counter. So that's why 100% agree with Brianna and we're gonna take the Toronto Toronto Raptors on the money line right because salesmen think short term business women think long term right long term thinking is higher level thinking right and we teach on this podcast decision analysis right so that's why we make so much money betting on how can we not? And we're made a diverse opinion here, right? Diverse companies make 45% more uh, free cash flow than other companies. That's why this podcast is blowing up. 
And that's why we have to wear sunglasses on this podcast. <laughs> it's so bright for us here, right? So we just made a very, very diverse decision. So take that to the bank. That's why we're at 80% right now, MBA. Or actually, we're at about 75% MBA, 52.5% break even. So take the Toronto breakfast on the money line. Don't take the points because you make more money long term on the money line than the points. And all three of us have bankrupts and online accounts, and we're going to put money on them. That's what makes us one of the most authentic podcasts of all time. I hate listening to betting podcasts and the guy saying, yes, pick the Raptors, but I'm not betting on it. Then your opinion's garbage, right? Right. You've got to have skin in the game. Right, right. right. We're not just talking the talk, we're walking the walk. So Mm -hmm. long story short, take Coach Nurse in the Toronto Raptors. Right. Okay, so then we have Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz. What are your thoughts, Brianna? I mean, it's game seven. Like, both teams want to win this series already. Right. Um, obviously, Denver was down three series to one going into the fifth game of this, going into the fifth game. And obviously, they've come back and they've tied it up. And I don't think they're going to give up. Now, I think they're going to keep going, and I think they're going to be the ones playing the Clippers in round two. For the Nuggets, you said? Yes. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, the Jazz were leading 3-1, right? So I'm going to ask you two ladies this question. The Jazz were leading 3-1. to one. And I guess next podcast, we'll talk in depth about Tim Donahue. I'll send you guys the, the book. Maybe the podcast will be on to listen to it. The team Donahue was the referee who was involved in an FBI sting. And uh, it was proven that he was fixing NBA games. Uh, and he went to jail. He got out of jail because snitches get stitches. And nobody respects a snitch. Not the people getting their information. Not the people who got snitched out. And then he gets out of jail and he starts working for the other side of the market. And his best friend was Scott Foster. Who was, he was texting to him 300 times a day. And a lot of the referees that Tim Downey outed either still work for the league or supervise officials or Steve Jabby's on the ESPN um, so since the referees work for the league and I've been able to make money on games predicting how the league is going to rig things, right? Uh, when I saw Scott Foster refing game five of this series and Utah was up 3-1, my business brain came in and said, oh, the league will make more money if it makes – uh, seven games. And what happened? In a pivotal moment, Scott Foster made a call that changed the whole series of reference. And my question to you, uh, to you two is, uh, do you think there's a connection? I mean, it certainly sounds like <laughs> A possibility. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would need, again, need to hear more information. But 
um, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like if they were in cahoots before, why would that, why would that stop when one of them is, you know, is indicted? Um, yeah. Before we hear Brianna's answer, I would like to add a little bit more. Uh, usually uh, teams that win are teams that are building a new stadium, right? And Stan Kroenke is building a new stadium. We're built a new stadium. He dropped five billion with a B money from the Walton family because he's married into the Walmart family, the Walton mm. and Wal Walton family. Sam Kroenke is married into it. And who's the owner of the Denver Nuggets? Stan Kroenke. <laughs> so there might have been a lot of money in Scott Foster, the best friend of Tim Donahue. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that, uh, Brianna? I mean, obviously, I don't know. But, I mean, we have seen teams come back to win a series after being down 3 nothing or 3-1. So I don't think every time it's going to be like somebody's fixing it. I think it's just like the will that they have to keep going. And I think that's what we're seeing now is obviously Denver doesn't want to be done. Right. want to fight till the end and that's what they've done. And that's what they're going to keep doing until they reach that, hopefully for them, reach that final. Right. See, I think obviously last week we said the like the Clippers, oh, we're going to win the West, but. Right. Yes. We got money on that. Yeah. Obviously it's just one of those situations where like it could go either way, but at the same time, it's just, we have seen teams come back from that far behind before. And I'm sure we're not, not I'm sure we're going to see it again. Right. So uh, I'm going to go with what Brianna said. I'm going to go with the mm -hmm. Denver Nuggets. I know I, I like Quinn Schneider. He's a great coach, but I saw the look on his face when that car came down. And it's, it seemed like the league wants this. And Stan Kroenke, uh, you know, he's worth $100 billion. And he needs publicity for his new stadium. Uh, the, the, also, they need cooperation from Stan Kroenke because Steve Ballmer, uh, he's on the board of directors at USC. He's building a billion-dollar uh, sports arena in Inglewood, in L.A., in our hood down here. So that's why we're picking the Clippers. And that's why I'm making a money. I'm doing it. I do have two master's degrees in business and I do have securities licenses. I do have clients with net worth 50 billion and above. So I'm going to put that hat on and make that pick. And I'm going to go for financial reasons, different reasons than Brianna. I'm going to go with Stan Kroenke's worth a hundred billion dollars. And what uh, Scott Foster kind of illustrated to us. And it's funny because after Scott Foster made that uh, call, the next day was a boycott. And I thought about uh, my friend, uh, King Silk, who, man, Indo, he's a convicted felon, spent 15 years in jail. He's such a brilliant guy. And he talked about white supremacy, right? So Scott makes that call. Scott Foster is a white referee. He brings the hammer down in that series. In my mind, I'm thinking maybe LeBron and them saw this and said, no, 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 we're not going to go for that white supremacy stuff. We're going to boycott tomorrow. Am I right? Am I wrong? I'm probably wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> people can see between Brianna and myself and Sarah's, right? Different thoughts, diversity of thoughts. 
different viewpoint that we are, we're looking at that you don't get in mainstream media. All right, so those are our picks. Yeah, so what are the final thoughts in this crazy world we live in? Yeah, wow, um, what a week to be an NBA fan. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, proud of the Bucks. Uh, they, made me, uh, they made me a bigger fan and I'm still proud of my uh, Luka Doncic. <laughs> yeah, Luka, nobody would ever believe you're like a day older than Luka, so. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for that. I think you're lying, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I cannot tell a lie, man, I get my licenses stripped. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Brianna? Um, all I'm going to say is Oklahoma City Thunder is currently beating Houston by two going into the fourth quarter. So that series could go to a game seven. Yes. And I'll make sure that I'll, uh, that I will uh, post my live spreadsheet that uh, won the first game tonight. And according to Brianna Miller, Brianna winner. <laughs> We got a winner. I'm sorry about my dementia. I'm getting everybody's name wrong. The interview <laughs> on uh, Saturday, I got her name wrong. I need to make sure I write it down and not get too excited about my picks here. But according to Rihanna Winner, she is a winner. The winner. Yeah, sir. how can you forget that? I know. That shows you how bad my mind is. I'm going to have to go to the doctor <laughs> and get some dementia pills. Winner's Circle, Rihanna Winner. They say you have to repeat the names uh, for 30 seconds, right? So it gets in your head. So after this podcast is over, I'm going to put the timer on, and I'm going to repeat Rihanna Winner, Rihanna Winner, Rihanna Winner, like for 30 seconds. But Rihanna Winner said, Rihanna Winner said uh, that the Thunder are covering, and I have it on my spreadsheet, that would be $950 for me and for us on the podcast. So thank you so much uh, for listening. Thank you, you guys so much for being on here. And man, SLR, Sarah Lynn Robinson crushed it on the last podcast. She brought it <laughs> with, uh, and I'm proud, I'm very proud of this. Um, probably the biggest accomplishment that I've done in 2020 is be able to bring together uh we got maybe about seven or eight contributors on the podcast all of them i feel in my heart believe it man we don't just talk to talk we walk to walk we believe what sarah lynn robinson is going to take us home with uh with winston churchill who got us through world war ii <laughs> <laughs> we make a life from what we earn we make oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry i messed it up we make a living from what we earn we make a life from what we give thank you for listening. <laughs> and that's how we 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 end all this stuff and uh and, and, and you know income inequality and financially diverse.